Goodness gracious me, welcome back to I Haven't Heard That Name in Years. And this, my friends, is the episode that all of the people listening to my memoir who have actually known me for a while uh, have been waiting for, and some of my uh, creepier fans have probably been waiting for. Uh, it's been known uh, in my stand-up material and podcast interviews on other podcasts that I had a lark of a foray of a life phase of a time period of a working at a BDSM store in Philadelphia. Uh, I'm going to talk, uh, I'm not going to spoil the story of how that phase of my life started because uh, we're going to talk about it in the interview. What I am going to repeat uh, that I said in the interview, but I'm going to say it again up top, uh, is that uh, when I walked into my old job, I basically, you know, to get this memoir interview scheduled rather than uh, reach out on social media, uh, I actually just happened to be in the area in South Street and dropped in on Passional Boutique and Sexploratorium and asked my manager, uh, the owner of the store, Callie Morgan, if she would like to do the memoir podcast. And then she offered me uh, the vending gig uh, to sell various kinky wares, you know, corsets, latex, rubber, all that kind of good stuff uh, at FETCON or the fetish convention in Florida, St. Petersburg, Florida, where they take over an entire Hilton. And as a person uh, flailing around rudderlessly in the gig economy, uh, I said yes. So I got to not only uh, talk to my former manager, Renee Misumian, and uh, my also former manager, but overlord of the entire operation, uh, Callie Morgan, uh, about the good old days of the uh, working in a sex shop in the early aughts, uh, but also uh, taking it to the present tense. It was the, this is the most immersive episode I've done because uh, I've never actually... Uh, time traveled right back to that period uh, in real life. Uh, pretty much the rest of this, uh, this is actually the only episode that we've taped that was not taped on Zoom. Uh, we taped it on site, uh, or rather I taped it on site at the Fetish Convention. So uh, this takes place at the Hilton St. Petersburg, and it is a super, super fun interview. It's a short one, not going to spoil why, uh, but yeah, this is super fun. Uh, so, please enjoy. go. Hi, welcome back to my incredibly lazy memoir. I haven't heard that name in years. I am here at the beautiful Hilton St. Petersburg in Florida somehow in the middle of August uh, because I have randomly reacquired my job from my early 20s at 35. Uh, this is the uh, 
second time I've started uh, working for Passionella Boutique and Sexploratorium in this fashion, uh, where I showed up to do an investigative writing project and then just started working there. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I am here with uh, proprietrix owner and uh, general badass Callie Morgan. Callie, hello. Badass, hello. Yeah, and uh, Renee Misumian, off to the side, uh, designer of uh, Baby Loves Latex hello, and hello. Uh, owner and all of that good shit as well. And I was your manager or what yeah. yeah yeah i think it was early enough that you were my manager yeah so i um i worked at this store which uh, the store location is in uh philly uh, south street uh i worked there from 2007 to 2011 and uh the deal was is that i had an undergraduate writing investigative writing class uh that was like the working experience and the thing you were supposed to do is you're supposed to, for this semester, find a job that's interesting and follow somebody around who does it for a whole semester. And as a joke, I raise my hand and go, can I go to the BDSM store on South Street? And my professor said, that's a great idea. You should definitely do it. And I was like, okay, well, I'm committed to the bit now. <laughs> so then I walk in and explain myself. And then I am essentially working at the store for a semester. I'm an intern, but we didn't name me intern um it was just a investigative journalism and then when the semester was over i i just stayed <laughs> they just uh yeah Every once just got my that's how who stays. i think i quit yeah. passionate like five times mm -hmm. before it actually happened yeah <laughs> no that was I had to move uh, out of the state <laughs> Yeah, so uh, much has changed uh, since then, uh, but yeah, I rolled into the store recently uh, to say hi and ask about doing the show, and then suddenly uh, I'm working convention again. Uh, so it's not just a, a passional boutique and sex oratorium is not just a store location. It is, uh, sorry, it is not just like a store location. It's also a web store, and it does uh, events, uh, primarily uh, fetish conventions and uh, rent for the courses because there's like sex toys and I, I'm certainly going to explain all of this in the intro so mm -hmm. this might be a fully superfluous thing be hi um <laughs> <laughs> this is the cool part about having a producer that gets they me. can do all the work oh yeah no no B is awesome uh hello in Colorado B uh we love you thanks again for uh editing all of these for like circular talking and bullshit um leave this in you deserve it mm -hmm. you you deserve to be praised on the yes. recording. Yeah. Appreciation. Mm -hmm. So we are currently uh, at FetishCon. Actually, you know what? Let, let's roll this back a second. Uh, let's just talk about the the business in general. Like, can you just get like the log line summary of like your business and like when you guys started and everything? Like just, your history. Yeah, just stump speech. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, we start. I started the store in 1996 because I couldn't find the products that we sold. In Philadelphia I was traveling to New York all the time to go shopping and at the time I thought that I might want to have children Ew. and I thought that I, I know <laughs> I know what the hell was I thinking yeah in any event that's a whole nother story um, but I thought that I should get a real job I'd done odd jobs my entire adult life you know this that the other thing some industry stuff some random just whatever mm -hmm. from math tutoring to like random adult industry work to mm -hmm. <laughs> bar work to all kinds of you know random things and I was like okay maybe it's time for me to settle down and have something on paper that is actually a job 
reportable income, etc. And, you know, a friend of mine had done an internship with Good Vibrations in San Francisco because she wanted to start a feminist sex toy store in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. But nobody's funding anything, and nobody in, 19, in the mid-1990s was funding anything sexual, for sure. And because there was not, like, Kickstarter or anything yet at that time... I was just like, well, I'm going to start this business. If I can find a location, I want to start the business. And I kind of had already sort of soft started it previous to that because I couldn't get a lot of the products. So I set up accounts with the different designers who were selling clothing and I was having stuff shipped to my house for myself and my other friends in the industry, kind of a buyer's club. And cross-dressers. <laughs> and cross-dressing friends, you know, and, and mm-hmm. such. So kind of a buyer's club for my f- friends in the community. And... I decided I'm going to try and see if I can find a location. And if I can find a location, then I'm going to go ahead and start this business. And I couldn't find a location. So I set up a boutique in the front room of my house. I had appointments in my house where people could come in and shop. Um, eventually, I did a catalog and had a catalog business. And then eventually... That's what you did in the fucking 90s. That's what you did in the I 90s. remember that ca- you still I, had stacks of them in the basement when I was working there in 2007. Yes. Uh, just, well, we had magazines, too. Oh, yeah, you so. magazine. Yeah, so I saw the, the magazines. magazines. I probably catalog. saw the magazines. Okay, so, you know, I'm, I'm so speaking out of my So the Fetishist Boutique green. catalog, the store was called Fetishist Boutique when I started it, you know, as a retail store. It didn't really have a name at first. It was just in my house mm-hmm. and by appointment and through classified ads in the newspapers, people would come over. Um, and take a look at the products, and I would order them things. But I, I decided that I would like either you know do this or not. Let me see if I can find a place. If I do, I want to do this and make this you know a business business, or if I want to just keep doing things, kind of catch as catch can. But I really wanted there to be a place where people could go because a mm-hmm. lot of it was very very underground. You had to you know go to the Ulan Spiegel Society meetings in New York or the mm-hmm. PEP meetings to like find support. There were play parties and stuff, but you had to, like, know somebody to know somebody to be vetted. Yeah. And even in the gay leather scene, that was very, very extreme. Like, mm-hmm. there was a women's leather group in Philadelphia called Female Trouble, but they were very, very, very closed, standoffish <laughs> a little yeah. bit about joining the whole thing. Like, you know, there's a whole um, kind of sorority, fraternity sort of vibe where you are you pledge to be a part of a club, and then you have to prove yourself. And, and oh, that kind of thing is always, as someone recovering from fundamentalist christianity that kind of is always just Mm -hmm. that stuff always just turns me off i'm like no that's not me yeah (laughs) i just want to have fun Mm -hmm. um so you know for all those reasons i wanted to have a space so i I started looking for a space and i found a very inexpensive space off of south street that i could first location plunk the money Mm -hmm. down for that i had enough money in my bank account to plunk the money down for and um I got. I never drank caffeine before that time, yeah. and I got very wow. sick while I was uh, prepping the store itself. We already kind of had the catalog in production, and then I got this space with Elise, and I knew I wanted to open near Valentine's Day, because that's a big time in the kink scene. There's like mm-hmm. a lot of parties and stuff, and I was like, okay, Valentine's Day is a good time, and it's a good time to present it to the outside world, because it might be a time where people who are not necessarily in the community are thinking about kinky stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know... I got the keys to the place on, like, January 15th. I sent out press releases saying we'd be open February 6th, the first Friday in February. So we'd have, like, a week for Valentine's Day. <laughs> and I had, I had a whole lot of volunteer labor dressed in various outfits helping me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I got very sick. I got a, a really 
awful cold, so I was doing like a lot of Dayquil and Nyquil, and, and mm-hmm. that's when I first there was a Starbucks around the corner from yeah. the store, and that's when I first started drinking coffee. So I was having like mm-hmm. Dayquil and coffee. It's to get insane it. to hear that you didn't drink caffeine at any point. I, <laughs> I've just Before, as yeah. long as I've known you, yeah. uh, I I'm just like wow, yeah, yeah. that's that's what the, and business, the store started. That that's what retail <laughs> does. That's it's kind of like having does. a kid. That's what yeah. a baby does. Yeah, too. exactly. And, and, and so basically, the store became my baby, and that. Mm-hmm. Well, I realized pretty quickly in the grand scheme of things that I, you know, the, the store was enough responsibility. I had no desire mm-hmm. to be in charge of someone else's life 24-7. Mm-hmm. Ever. Yeah, I <laughs> mean, yeah, I mean, it certainly is expensive as a child. Uh, yeah. yeah, so, but the... Yeah, and I've always kind of done it as volunteer work, really, mm-hmm. and that's what I've done most of my life. It's like, I volunteer about the things I care about, and then mm-hmm. I do stuff I don't care about for money, and... You know, that consequentially, now it's almost 30 years later, and it's not the most profitable business in the world, that's for sure. But I sure have had some fun adventures, and here we are, yeah. like, you know, the carnies of the fetish retail circuit. Fuck yeah. You know, all holed up in a hotel room, five mm-hmm. of us, three vendors, mm-hmm. and uh, and two associates, two assistants, two of yeah. us, all in one room, and cooking meals in a crock pot, and singing songs around the campfire, right? Yep, just and like And no one's lost their time. pants this weekend. What's that? No one's lost their pants. No one's lost their pants. Nobody's lost their pants. (laughs) Yeah. That's always a goal, man. You know, and then uh, it's, yeah, see, and this is the kind of stuff that I have uh, difficulty explaining to people. That's why I'm doing my memoir as a series of interviews, because I have to be like, no, I absolutely conducted an entire point of sale transaction naked uh, next to a pool because I was swimming and somebody came up and looked at a corset. So I was just, I've done my job buck ass naked multiple times. My retail job. My. this job i assume on occasion yeah yeah Yeah. i mean well yeah that's the difference you know i'm recording podcast intros i don't know um (laughs) i mean i'm not i'm certainly not naked in my dad's studio that's not something that's a different yeah it's a different hard limit yep hard limit no that's uh it's it's nice enough to have a whatever some families are nudists it's true that and that's something you know not a big deal naturism we accept mm -hmm. naturism we embrace the naturists I mean, naturism is great. I like being naked. Mm-hmm. I like going to the nude beach, but it's just not sexy. Yeah, and also um, that <laughs> actually brings me to that brings Whatever. me to one of my favorite <laughs> memories from doing these road gigs with you is doing that that free spirit gathering where there's just entire naked families all the time, and it's fine. And there was just this one moment I saw. It was like these three uh, teenage girls and uh, like a younger boy. Uh, they're all naked and they're playing like Magic the Gathering or something. It looked like a nerdy card game, yeah. and like it was just amazing how into the game the the boy was just like, yeah. I mean, you didn't roll initiative and everything. Just like they're <laughs> he's just like hardlining these girls about they're not playing the game right and they're all naked. And I'm just like I'm like wow. it's fine. It it doesn't matter. That was always one of my favorite events to do, even though mm-hmm. it wasn't the most you know income producing one, just because. Yeah. You know, I'm in adult events all the time, so it's very, very rare that I'm around kids. Mm-hmm. And th- those teenage kids at Free Spirit Gathering love to dress up in my stuff. They were yeah. really excited about it, whereas the adults were like, oh, whatever, I don't have time. Mm-hmm. And the kids were really into it. So I got, you know, a lot of kids wearing corsets and kilts, and even little kids. Like, I found, like, a mini kilt. Mm-hmm. You know, that would fit, like, a little kid, and that was just yeah. entertaining to me. Pensic Wars, the same way, like, doing events that mm-hmm. are all ages, it's just not something... It's not profitable, that's for sure, and it's not something that we've done a lot of, but yeah. it was always kind of a fun counterpoint. 
For sure. Do you remember uh, the time that we were at Ramblewood and it was, uh, there were two events running at once. It was uh, the gay, I think it was like a gay nudist event. And then it was a different thing that was getting offended by them, but was also like. Also a gay men's. Oh, it was yeah. a gay leather event. It was a, a gay, gay leather event, event. And then there was a gay nudist oh, event. Oh, some of them were But the clothes, nudist, the yeah. And then, so, and they, and like, I remember this guy whose dick was out came up to me and was mad that there was an inflatable penis in the dining room and I'm like your real penis is real close to my head I don't know it's a t- <laughs> he's like because he's I'm, I'm on the computer and he's standing there and he's just like the, the inflatable dick's not appropriate for children and I'm like your real dick's out I don't understand what's happening right now <laughs> Right, but you have to realize, like, the, like, the naturist movement and the nudist movement were started by religious people. A lot of yeah. religious communes and stuff. Get mm-hmm. back to nature, get back to God kind of thing. Yeah. And so there is a lot of, there is a lot of, uh, and I mean, there needs to be, if there's an only just crowd, mm-hmm. a certain amount of, like, boundary sure. setting. But, yeah, that's interesting how that dynamic plays out. Like, these people who just like to be naked and they just want to be naked. Yeah, but God forbid you have an inflatable five-foot version of my thing that's hanging out. How how dare you? Yeah, but, like, how different is it than your face? If you're (laughs) a nudist, your face is out all the time and your penis is out all the time. I don't want a big inflatable head at my table. You know, I'm Mm -hmm. trying to be the devil's advocate. Yeah. I really have no idea. Yeah, (laughs) I have no idea. I mean, like, it's it's not about the devil's advocate because I've, I've, ever since that happened, I have been trying to do the calculus about it I, I think about this all the time I'm sure I've got that whatever you this just said up at night. yeah no I'm just like how how does you how, your life progress to the I I don't know um <laughs> I think it was just a moment it wasn't their whole life regressing it was just a mm-hmm. grouchy moment you know yeah <laughs> For sure. Uh, so it is nine twenty-five. Right, um, well, so start. we're gonna. I cut it up because, but it's, we have a really good reason. We're gonna record more later. Uh, Callie has to put somebody in a bondage bubble in a pool. Is that what's happening? No, no, a bondage, a body, ba- like a body bag. Body bag. Body bag. Like the babysit some uh, pool bondage to make sure that nobody drowns. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> she's gotta go ma- put somebody in a bag and make sure they don't drown in the pool at the uh, Hilton St. Petersburg, which is a very nice hotel. Um, and it's completely walled off for freaks today. I'm very happy about it. <laughs> all weekend. All weekend. Okay, all weekend, weekend, even. Yeah, get And it's the 21st? 20, is it the 21st one? 21st one. 21st one. We've been to right. most of them, so. We'll, we'll be back, or I will do a long monologue up top. <laughs> one of those two things. Yay. Hello, and welcome to the postscript to the interview portion of I Haven't Heard That Name in Years, BDSM of Palooza, or whatever this episode is going to be called. Uh, so, uh, update, I, Callie was kicked out of the pool in 30 minutes by Hilton staff, uh, or by FetCon staff or somebody, uh, because apparently, uh, you know, you can't just be floating people in pools and body bags. Uh, I thought this was America, but hey, this is also, I, I got, I got no dogs in the body bag fight. It's between, uh, it's between my supervisor and the Hilton St. Petersburg, Florida, or FetishCon staff. Uh, but I would say, She's a trained professional, and you should totally just let her float the guys in the body bags as long as she wants. Love you, Callie. Okay, so uh, that out of the way. Um, it was really amazing to experience the pure madness that is doing retail at a BDSM convention again. And, you know, it's 
also awesome that you know because uh, this podcast has mostly been me you know c- going deep into my past and like dragging old memories of things like this up but now I have entirely new memories because I decided to go back and do the past again for this episode uh, so uh, what are my highlights uh, from fetish convention uh, besides uh, the delightful uh, podcasting comedy potential of ending the interview where my boss is floating a guy in the pool and being able to pick it up later with uh, she was kicked out of the pool. Um, so what things that stood out, uh, well, I would say uh, the funniest thing would definitely be when I went to leave my bag with somebody uh, and staff. I was like, hey, is it okay if you watch this while, or I put this here while I go in the pool? And she was like, I can't be held responsible for your stuff. And I'm like, that is completely fine. Uh, it still feels safer with it here. And then someone dressed like a fox was like, I'm going to steal it. And I was like, all right, well, I'm aware this is a bit, but you are dressed like a fox, so you're sneaky. So I was like playing along with it. And then she goes, swipe or no swiping. All right. Now that, that is more excitement in a a 30 second interaction than some people have in an entire five years. I, I, this, this is that, like, and then, you know, I had to do stand-up for 13 years after I worked this job. I mean, I don't think you get it. There's like, what else What else was I supposed to do? Don't answer that. There's a lot of things. There's many, many, many things you can do besides stand-up to deal with uh, yourself. Uh, but, yeah, uh, I, I got to sell uh, a puppyhood and harness and uh, LED collar, which are all available uh, at... Uh, Passional boutique. They're called Pound Town um, harnesses and collars and leashes and uh, you know full you know hood mask that makes you look like a puppy. But they got cool LED lights that blink, and I got to sell those, and people were so happy. Uh, I also um, not for nothing, uh, helping people with gender-affirming clothing in Florida right now in this climate gave me some serious, warm, fuzzy feelings, and I was proud to do it. Every, you know, I know that it's not always, you know, the, in the kink, in the context of kink, I know that there's the line between, you know, the people that are shopping with us for cross-dressing and the people that are actually, you know, looking for gender-affirming clothing and, you know, all of the other flavors of that. But regardless, never forget that in every state you shit on, there are a lot of really, really, really good people just trying to live their lives. And, don't necessarily have the choice. They can't just move. We're all broke here. I would love to move right now. I'm trying. I'm trying to find a freaking sublet right now in the place I live in, and it's hard. And you expect people to just pick up and leave, you know? Um, I there was so many amazing, kind, tolerant people that I met at this convention in Florida this weekend, and they were mostly locals. Uh, and you know, I got to go out to this formal latex dinner with some badass people uh where they you know we had people that were you know non-gender conforming out in full rubber in public at a restaurant you know it was it was awesome and these aren't like young kids either these are people that have been doing this for a long time you know like leather leather community is all over the age map especially when you're dealing with a convention like fetish con which has been there uh for it's this was the 21st one this was uh 
yeah, this is FetishCon 21. It's been around for a while. Just never, don't don't just write off the South and don't just be like, call them all ignorant this because there are a lot of really good people there. A lot of disenfranchised voters and be kind. You, you don't know what people are going through. Don't know what else to say about that. It it was it, it was insane to see. Uh, it's uh, it's it's not the difference between when I was working at the store originally and now. Truly, is OnlyFans. Like I can't, ima- you know, it would have been a completely different thing. You know, when I was originally working at the store, I I wasn't. I, to my knowledge, I don't I don't even think I had a smartphone yet. Honestly, it was two thousand and seven, and I was slow. It, it took a while for me to like want to carry around. I was just always like, I'm gonna break that. <laughs> That was always my thing with smartphones. Was like, I'm going to break it for years. The only way I would get a flip phone is I'd walk into the Verizon store and be like, which one of these is the most difficult phone to break? I'm a messy bitch. But yeah, this what this place felt like, you know, the last night I, I finally got to, you know, go hang by the overly warm climate and change induced pool for a bit and just kind of sit around and look around and it was this strange like futurist like it was like cyberpunk pool party from boogie nights is all i can describe because i knew there were actual i could you know i could get the aura of like porn industry people but then i'm also seeing a lot of people that are clearly the masters of their own content universe is just the nature of sex work and promoting yourself online and everything is completely changed. It's that's, that's really nuts to see. You know, I, I was on the vendor floor the whole time so I can go to the panels, but I know that a lot of the panels were about content creation and things like that. And, and again, you know, there's a, I was one time I was sitting out, I was sitting out by the pool and then this guy in a full tux and a rabbit hood has a topless girl sitting on his shoulders, um, blowing bubbles. And I just stood up and started like popping bubbles. And again, 30 seconds, more excitement than some people see in an entire year. Um, and it reminded me, uh, why it's so important for me to tell my story. Um, not because me telling this stupid bullshit about me popping bubbles or, you know, watching a bunch of people, like, film, like, fake porn in a pool, you know, like, uh, it's not anything, it's not like those are like, yeah, these are, like, great lessons that I can teach society or anything like that, it's just, you know, I just want to remind people, if you want your life to be weird, you can make it weird, it's just, you gotta, you gotta make weird fucking decisions and there also is weird out there even if you can't directly experience it um just know that the world isn't all what you see on in your day-to-day life and on tv you know so stay weird make your life as weird as you possibly can within reason while taking care of you and yours if that's possible and whatever uh Whatever situation you may happen to be in, caveat, 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 do you? And remember that it's weird out there. Good night or goodbye.